This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome to the things that matter. My name is Maritza. I'm a native New Englander, now living in the South, managing the business world while keeping my own mental health in check. I've always had a fascination for the brain and behavior and anything neuroscience related. The world can feel overwhelming at times, especially if you don't understand yourself. I thought I did for years before being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I'm here to show you that you are not alone. I want to inspire you as a listener to be that empowered individual that you know lives deep down in your heart, but I will be the first one to let you know you cannot get there without working on yourself. It starts right here, right now. You can make a difference in someone's life, no matter how small it seems. We need community. We need collaboration. We need people. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm here with our next guest, Jamil Massey. Jamil, great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, excited to have you. Uh, Jamil and I usually like to tell people how we met. Jamil and I met at a Mental Health America event, a legislative breakfast, actually. Mm-hmm. With a lot of great talks, a lot of great speakers talking about how we can change and advocate for mental health. So, yes, great yes. we met there. Um, and we'll kind of get into your story. Sure. I am from Monroe, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte. I grew up on a farm, so like pigs, cows, chickens, <laughs> like a legit farm. And it was about 45 acres. We still have the family farmland, and the family is kind of wheeled up in between different family members, but grew up on a farm and, you know, kind of my story, we'll get into it here Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit later, but um, single parent home, uh, grew up on government assistance and just a a good, I say a good kid, although (laughs) I got into all kind of stuff, but um, at least good upbringing from my mom and my grandmother from from what they did. (laughs) Yes. And then fast forward to, uh, you know, School age, uh, mm-hmm. class clown, you know, low <laughs> self-esteem, try, you know, failed the ninth grade, tried to go to college, flunked out twice. And so I had to start with low-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't really want to pay you a lot of money when you haven't mastered anything. So I found that out the hard way. But uh, I was able to I was able to eventually get my foot in the door at a corporate job. Mm-hmm. But I had to start out at the very bottom. You know, that Drake song started at the bottom, now we're here. (laughs) I actually had to start second closest to the bottom. I started out in the janitorial maintenance department, so doesn't get much closer to the bottom than that. And, um, but you got a job. But I did have a job. That's a big accomplishment in itself. Yes, I I had kids by this point. You Mm -hmm. know, I think I was on my third child. We had our third child by that time. So, anyway, Needed to have some source of income, that mm-hmm. and a couple part-time jobs. But um, over the course of 10 years, I was able to uh, listen to my boss at the time who mentored me, kind of took me under his wings, mm-hmm. you know, saw that I had some potential to to learn some things. Mm-hmm. So I was a hard worker and I ended up taking his position as facility manager as he was making his plan to get ready to retire. So that took over the course of about, like I said, 10 years or so. And then once... I got a chance to kind of see what I was capable of. It was Mm -hmm. kind of a big eye-opening experience for me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the exposure that that my boss slash mentor exposed me to. Uh, So now I'm like, what else can I do, you know? And so I was like, you know, I like to kind of encourage people Uh and talk. And so maybe I'll 
work on this whole speaking thing. Maybe yes. I can turn the, the, the class clown entertainment portion of myself into some type of inspiration. So now I'd go to different schools, nonprofits, mm-hmm. uh, speaking events. Amazing. Um, and I also have a book telling my story. It's called High School No Fool. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, you know, some of the things that I just mentioned. And it's also written in a way that... Um, Life lessons, different principles, some of the things that my boss taught me, some of the things, you know, other people taught me uh, just to kind of help help other people in hopes that it would get them out of some situations that may they may be struggling with, whether it's first time new to a career or mm-hmm. it's just life. You know, we all have these moments where we're like, ah, you know, you want to punch through a wall. You know, we all <laughs> yeah. have those moments. <laughs> But it's, it's written in an encouraging and uplifting way. So mm-hmm. that's that's a little bit about me. Yes. And I've had the honor of reading your book. So <laughs> I think we won't go into everything about the book because I want people to read it. And I'll encourage people to read it after, after this. But Great. I do want to go into a few themes about the book because I think even though we don't necessarily always think of it as a story, it's not really a story about mental health per se, but mm. it's a story about some themes that I think can play on mental health a lot. Um, I want to go specifically first into kind of a story about confidence and, Mm. you know, kind of how that confidence over the years has made you into the person you are today and Mm -hmm. what you would say to people maybe struggling with confidence at first and how how do you, you know, hype yourself up? How do you get yourself there? Because sometimes we don't always have all the necessary tools. Mm. Great question. So what I found out is confidence is key no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It could be sports. It could be in your professional career. It could be podcasting. Yeah. It could be leading a team. Mm -hmm. It could be parenting. Confidence is key. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't have and I didn't really realize, you know, when when you're growing up and you're a kid, you're just running around. You're having a good time. You're playing (laughs) Confidence doesn't really, you know, it doesn't come into your mind a lot Mm -hmm. until you have to compete against somebody else or if somebody, you know, starts talking trash, then you're like, hey, wait a minute, what are you talking (laughs) about? You know, so then you have to test yourself and test your abilities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you bring up the point about mental health Mm -hmm. and it really started to hit me in that middle school-ish, kind of right before I got to high school, the, the confidence in my own ability. So I'll, I'll, I'll go to academics first mm-hmm. since we're talking about school age and then we'll fast forward to some outside of school. Uh, I, I wasn't a stupid kid. Yeah. <laughs> I just learned differently. Mm-hmm. I was actually looking back on it. I, I came up with a lot of different creative things mm-hmm. and some of those creative things got me in trouble. But <laughs> Uh, when it came to, I'll, I'll say reading, for example, okay. right? I remember this one time. This was in. This was in middle school. I want to say it was seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And you know how the teacher will ask you different volunteers to read like a paragraph or a page or something like yeah. that in front of the whole class, right? I used to get this anxiety mm-hmm. because I was a slow reader, and I didn't want people to think I was stupid. Okay. So I said, I know what I'll do. I said, I'll just improvise as I'm reading. <laughs> Terrible idea because everybody knows what you're reading. Everybody's following around on the same page. Yeah. So I would, instead of saying, if the page said Mary had a little lamb that was white as snow, I would say something like, Mary's lamb was kind of whitish and <laughs> one day it snowed. And I tried to make it sound like I was educated, but yeah. people were like, 
<laughs> bro, that is not <laughs> what this says. So it actually backfired. Oh, but well, this is you being the class clown too back then. <laughs> partially, partially. Yeah, I, I will not deny that. But I did not have confidence, going mm-hmm. back to confidence, mm-hmm. I did not have confidence in my reading ability. And mm-hmm. I wasn't secure and confident enough in the fact that just because I read differently mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's quote unquote wrong. Yeah. Fast is not always right. Mm-hmm. Now we like speed, we like efficiency, and this, you know, yeah. go get them world. Fast is not always right. You can get some quick mistakes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's from an academic st- standpoint, and I'm not even going to get into math. Math was just like a train wreck altogether. Yeah. And I guess just touching on that mm-hmm. before we go mm-hmm. to the next uh, topic, would you say, I guess, what would have, did you need confidence? Was it all the confidence you had in yourself? Was it outside external things that were making you feel like you weren't capable of doing that? Do you know what it was at the time? Uh, I think it was just in myself mm-hmm. and how I thought I should be. Okay. So when you're not secure in yourself, yeah. you're thinking you have to be like this person or you have to be like that person or you have to be like this model of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And not being secure in yourself, like this is how I do it. Yeah. Right? And getting comfortable with that. And that's not to say that you you obviously can improve, right? Mm-hmm. You should work to improve and get better in different aspects. But at that particular time, and... I, and I hated asking questions because yeah. asking questions can be embarrassing. And mm-hmm. again, it's going to make me look stupid. You know, yeah. I had this whole embarrassment factor that was just kind of manufactured in my own mind. So, and I'm sure you built it. You built it up probably even more. So because you 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 did it once, and you're like, oh well, I did it once. Right. I can do this again. And it'll make me feel better. In the right. Moment. And okay. then when we are just kids say silly things, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're stupid, oh gosh, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're dumb, you know. And then when you do something that kind of lines up with that, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want that to be true. Yeah. So anyway, fast forward to getting older and looking at confidence. When, you, when you're doing something for the first time, mm-hmm. your confidence level may not be as high because it's brand new, mm-hmm. right? You're just now getting exposed to it. So the confidence from what I'm finding is the confidence in my ability that I can and will figure it out eventually. It may not come as smooth or as quickly the first time, but I know I Mm -hmm. have a propensity to eventually figure things out (laughs) if I want to. Yeah. So I would encourage others Mm -hmm. to, number one, understand that I got to be careful how I say this. I started to say your way is the right way, but that can be dangerous. Like, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. You're too opinionated. That's not what I meant. (laughs) But the way you are created, let Uh me go that direction. The way you're created, the way you're designed, Mm -hmm. the way your thought process works, there was some intentionality on how we're created. Mm -hmm. That does still leave an opportunity for you to get better, for you to learn more things, but don't think you have to do it the way somebody else does it in order to build your confidence. Yeah. So that's what I would say to to do first is start to get comfortable with yourself and how you do things. Yeah, and I actually, speaking of this, I actually did a speaking event not too long ago on becoming the leader you envision. Mm. And part of my, one of the slides I had was, 
about owning your strengths. And mm-hmm. I think that really does add a lot to confidence because mm-hmm. you don't have to be the best at everything, but if you know what you're really good at and mm-hmm. you focus on that and you get even better about that, that can only lead to confidence. Right. And then you can learn in the areas you need to and kind of grow as a person and, and strengthen. So Yes. So I'm still a slow reader, by the okay. way. That that part of me, it cannot, maybe, maybe it won't, won't ever change. Maybe it shouldn't change. Yeah. The one thing that I've noticed, though, mm-hmm. that the people who fly past things, they yeah. overlook mistakes. And mm-hmm. it's almost like a baby crawling on the floor and they pick up these little small things that are on the floor. <laughs> and you're like, how in the heck do they see that? Yeah. It's because they slowed down long enough to see something that us as an adult, mm-hmm. we we overlooked it. Yeah. So I, I read things slow. Sometimes I'll point out things to people who are, you know, on a very professional high level. Like, uh-huh. hey, FYI, this is on your website. Did you know this? <laughs> and they're like, whoa, you know. Yeah. So... It can work to your advantage. Yeah, is my it just point. goes to playing to your strengths. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why teams work so well when you get people with different different strengths in yes. there. Because somebody could overlook the website, and then the other person, you know, is like that. I'm gr- I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't 100%. even see that. So that's 100%. really good. And I will ask a question in a second now. <laughs> I will ask a good. question in a second now. But and think about how that is, and you know. I just want to, you know, confidence is such a, I mean, we could talk mm-hmm. about this for two hours oh, yeah. by itself, <laughs> confidence. There's been multiple books written on it, podcast, mm-hmm. all kind of, confidence is so huge, so important. When you when you slow down long enough to ask the question, mm-hmm. that also shows that you're engaged with whatever the person just said, mm-hmm. you know, versus just nodding your head, yep, 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 and then you say, okay, repeat back to me what, I, what you've been saying, yep, 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 too. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Can you repeat the question? But now I find the fact that when I'm asking questions, I'm able to retain a lot more. And mm-hmm. also it shows that person that's speaking that I'm engaged in what they're saying. So yes, just which is important because it doesn't – it wants to – it should feel conversational. Right. <laughs> Unless right. like 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 just storytelling <laughs> to one person. Right. I also want to touch on – you talked a lot about resilience in your book. Mm. Um, so can you tell me anytime just when you were – you kind of had to – overcome something can Mm. be any part of your life or just the value of overcoming things and kind of being strong through tough Mm -hmm. times. Mm. Yes. It's, it's crazy when you're, when there's a lot of tough times around you, Mm -hmm. that can be one of your greatest assets. Mm -hmm. And earlier when I was stating growing up on the farm, the single parent home, I talk about it in the book, my mom, she had her First child, my brother, mm-hmm. when he when she was in the ninth grade, fifteen years old. Yeah. Then had me when she was twenty. You know, two kids, growing up on farm. Like it's not like you have a whole lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, growing up in that environment, I it was very difficult around us. But she did not. She didn't. She didn't baby us. Mm-hmm. You know, number one, she couldn't afford to. She had to work to provide for for herself, for us. But you know, there's just this one story where when I would go to school and these kids would talk about, oh, my mom made me chicken noodle soup, and you know, yeah. we watched you know this 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 Disney movie, and it was awesome. When I when I had a cold, and I'm like, when you had a cold, what? You know, like, what are you talking about? Like, just like it's you crazy. stay home, like you right, right. You don't go to school. And and this was this was years ago, not yeah. when like now. People just stay home. You yeah. know, it's a different world, a different environment. You know, the mom can work from home, the dad can work from like everybody's home now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's 
not that. I'm talking about going back <laughs> to where everybody had to leave the house to go to do some type of work. Yeah. But anyway, there was a time where I really wanted to see what it would be like to, and, and my mom was very loving. You know, people love different, right? Mm-hmm. And people love from what they, um, the capacity that they have. Yeah. And so... I wanted to stay home. I wanted some chicken noodle soup. I wanted to do something. It might not be a Disney movie. It could be Tom and Jerry, whatever. Yeah. I just want to I want to just chill and stay home with, you know, the mom just to see what that experience is like. Mm-hmm. And this was a time where I was sick. I'm not going to go too 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 far into it, but it was I was sick-ish. Yeah. You know, there's there's levels of sick. It's there's, in your book, so. It's definitely in the book. Can read it. Chapter 2, <laughs> Diarrhea Bus. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, my stomach was upset. Yeah. Right? Hence the title. Uh-huh. But I thought now would be a great time to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Right. And my mom just, she just, it, it was not so much of what she said, mm-hmm. but you know, you can read body language. It's, yeah. I can't remember the statistic. It's like over 60% of communication is nonverbal mm-hmm. and her body language. And I'm like, mom, you know, I don't feel good. Can I stay home today? Yeah. And, I didn't. Re- I realize it now that I have my own kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't just stay home, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I don't go to work, like there's less food for everybody. Yeah. So this is a bad plan. You don't know this because yeah, of you're, course, as you a know, kid, you're not thinking this. You're, you're just fifth like, grade. Day off. Right. Right. Let's Chicken noodle soup. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's eat. But um, she said, "No, you're you're going to school today." Um. And it was more of the look. I need you to hear me mm-hmm. as I'm telling you this. The other thing, too, she's raising two boys. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that at one point in, my, in our lives, most likely we might have our own families and kids, which mm-hmm. we do. My brother and I both have our own families. And that ability to become resilient, that ability to be able to stick through whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Life is going to happen, mm-hmm. no matter with your male, female, whether you're, you have a family, whether you're single. It doesn't matter whether it's work, sports, life is going to happen. So the be the ability to be able to get that gear that it might suck pretty bad right now. Mm-hmm. You know, don't lie to yourself like, <laughs> hey, everything is awesome. No, this thing that just happened is not great. Yeah. But uh, there's a quote by Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. life happens to you. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't just happen to you, it happens for you. And finding the blessing in that is a, is a so key true. skill in life. Mm-hmm. It's a key skill in life. So developing that gear and just knowing like I can make this. Yeah. Yes, I for sure. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard in the moment, but in the moment we is get hard. through it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm going to bring up another quote from your book that I really liked because I think it it's a good thing for a lot of people to hear, but you said when I be- began hanging around the right people, making the right choices became more comfortable. Can you I guess go into that a little bit and talk about the difference in you know, I know you, you said another quote, actually. So to counter that, there was that when you're in a painful situation for too long, it can become familiar and comfortable. So I guess talking about taking, going out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and really like, I guess your growth and, you know, from hanging around with the people that kind of led you into the areas you were and then the people that you realize this is the right thing and this mm-hmm. is they're the right people that I should be hanging out with. So can you get, yeah, yeah I guess long for story sure. short, yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> the, I, I say like this, who you roll with, who you mm-hmm. hang with determines how high you fly or mm-hmm. how low you sink. Yes. In the ninth grade, when I finally got to high school, high school seemed like it was so big and so awesome. Like everybody was, around, everybody was, 
just it seemed like one big party in mm-hmm. my mind. <laughs> Which was I not, mean, isn't that what high school? Yeah, that's what everyone goes into high school thinking. I think there's some fun parts about high school, but you're supposed to pass that too. Yes, supposed to pass each grade that you go into, and they don't just pass you because you're a nice kid. You know mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. There's an academic requirement. Yeah, but what was happening during that time period? Some of my friends that I was trying to get accepted by. Mm-hmm. Most of them had failed if at least one grade, mm-hmm. if not two. And they some of them had babies, you know, like or got girls pregnant. The guys that I were hanging with <laughs> didn't have babies, just to clarify that. <laughs> they they had children, yes. um, a couple of them. And school was not a big priority. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like I was thinking, I'm gonna wreck my life. I'm going to try to fail the ninth grade. It's just the the association you you start to think like and you start to act like a lot of the people that you hang around yeah you true. know that can work for you or against you in this particular case in the ninth grade it was working against me mm-hmm. and I didn't really realize it and it's there there's a very dangerous uh, can be a dangerous point if you're allowing it to go down a negative path mm-hmm. it's not just what you think you're getting you're thinking. I'm getting accepted by these people. Yeah. So this this can be a good thing in your mind is the thought process, at least what I had. What I wasn't realizing is what was rubbing off on me. Mm-hmm. So the other part of what I was getting. So during that time period, it, it, it pulled me down, down, down to not a great situation. And it wasn't until I'm sitting there on the summer school bus right beside the kids who I used to call, you know, dumb and stupid. And, you know, we all used to say it back and forth. But I'm like, no, I, it didn't work. This didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it tapped into some of those greater fears of anxiety and embarrassment mm-hmm. about me actually being dumb. Yeah. And I didn't want that. So it got to a point where I didn't want that embarrassment and that pain of that. I didn't want that more than... I wanted their acceptance. So mm-hmm. one had to counteract the other. Yeah. So the next year, I started hanging around uh, a lifelong fr- friend of mine. His name is T. Mm-hmm. Um, we played soccer together in, okay. in, in fifth grade, Black Knights. We were undefeated as champions. <laughs> I just want to throw that in there. We're all like in our, our 40s now, and still, it doesn't matter still, to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, no, you still have that title. <laughs> yes, yeah, we do. We do. They still they can't come back and beat us now. We, this was years ago. But um, that next year, I met one of my, my, my key lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Still a great friend to this day, even though he lives states away. Okay. We were able to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We were able to stay out of trouble. And we passed our grades. Mm-hmm. You know, so the flip side of association, mm-hmm. when I started to make strategic, and as I've gotten older, the strategic associations, sitting here doing podcasts with people like yourself, doing yeah. doing work in the mental health space and Mm -hmm. just exposure and opportunities, you have to be a lot of times more intentional about those associations and trying to get into those circles, Mm -hmm. which can be harder, Yeah, but it's more intentional and you do it because of the benefit that you're going to get and the acceptance that can come along with that and the mindset and just so many other Mm -hmm. positive things that that can come from that. And just the association is, is, is key. It's critical. It's something like you are the five... Yeah, you're the sum something. total of the five closest people around you. Yes, and it's true. I know it's 
it's hard to get out of that comfort zone of what you know and move mm-hmm. on to that next level. But mm-hmm. when you start realizing and putting yourself out there, I mean, some of my, even just in social circles, some of the best people I've met and made friends with are people, maybe things that I wouldn't have done, like mm-hmm. events I, I went to that I was hesitant to go to because I didn't know anyone at, or mm-hmm. even things like, you know, breakfast and networking events. You never know. You, right. Sometimes you're the only one you know in those, in those rooms. Right. Um, but it's making those conversations and meeting people at the table and right. talking about things that you have shared value talking about. And right. I think that's what's important. Right. There's another quote that I really liked, and, and I'll explain why. I was like, okay. wow, this one really resonates. The quote from the book was, I think when we lie to ourselves, we die a little on the inside each day. Mm. And I'll explain this one because um, for anyone, I haven't mentioned this on the podcast yet, but the title of this podcast is The Things That Matter. And it actually came from a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. It's, our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about the things that matter. Mm. And... I realized before I started this podcast that I used to, I used to share the quote almost every year wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I love this quote. It just, it, it resonates with me so much because there are so many things I care about and I just don't want to, I don't want to stop doing things with those things that I care about so much and mm-hmm. I want to continue that passion. And then I realized at one point that I love, I support everything mental health, but I was doing, I wasn't doing much with mental health. I wasn't sharing mm. my story. I wasn't connecting with people. I wasn't doing things. <laughs> that really mattered. And mm-hmm. so the mental health, this whole thing came about from honestly that quote, but okay. honestly just thinking that this is really what I care about and what my purpose I feel like in life is, mm-hmm. is to share my story and to connect other people as well. I would say one of my purposes, cause I feel like I have a few, but, a few. but they all, they all mix together, yes. <laughs> but it really came from that. So I guess when you think about that and, and how it meant, what it meant to you, what did you, I guess, going through life feel like you maybe hid or lied to yourself about, and then you kind of came out and about uh, realized that, had that moment, and you're like, wow, I really need to be doing more of this, or, and I think you're doing, you're doing some of it now, so mm. I have a feeling I know where this is going to go, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, what would you say about that quote, and, and what really is important that you realize you're doing more of now, and it feels right? Mm. Well, twofold. No, mm. Number one, as I stated earlier, when I had worked with my boss for about five years, and mm-hmm. he, he, I started to get the hang of things, and he said, listen, five years from now, I'm planning to retire, and I'm looking for somebody to take over my position when I retire. So we come up with this game plan, and he didn't guarantee anything. He said, mm-hmm. but I can at least you know, put you in position for this. So we, 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 we worked, and I came in early. I stayed late. I did all the extras and all of that stuff, and once I actually got that position and it actually worked, and it was it was a couple years before that, and I was like, even if this does work, this is still only part of me. It's almost like yeah. a whole other side of my personality that I, in the role, depending on the role that mm-hmm. you have, you know, if you're in a creative role, if you're in the you know the marketing or graphics department, you get a lot of from what I, from what I've seen. You get a lot more opportunity to express freely, mm-hmm. right? Uh, creative designs and marketing materials, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In meetings, you can come up with some, you know, some crazy ideas, and I shouldn't say crazy, uh, creative <laughs> ideas. You know what I mean? They can be crazy sometimes. They, sometimes that's where the, you know, people have to reel them back in. Right, the right. The other side. <laughs> right. Oh, we don't need a budget. Let's just figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah we need to make money at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and be profitable and not put the business under. Exactly. But other than that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but in some roles, like as the facility manager, mm-hmm. uh, which is 
part of the role that I have had and that my boss mentored me for, mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with uh, building maintenance. Part of it is risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it's protocol, some of it's security. And so you can't come out like the happy-go-lucky class clown guy because mm-hmm. when people do stuff that could uh, or come up with ideas that they think is great, but it could be a liability to themselves or the company, mm-hmm. you have to have a little bit of a, a more serious yeah. uh, approach to it. So they... So they take you serious. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're like, ah, oh, man, you know, he's just, whatever. We're just going to do it anyway. And you're like, no, you're, you're not. <laughs> so, yeah. This, this goes back to that motto, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Exactly. I always, yes, even yes. since I was young, I was like, this is me. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> for sure. So the the part that I was like, for years, I, I, I would have been lying to myself if I did not somehow find an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to, encourage, motivate, inspire in whatever format that is. Sometimes that's been, you know, on stage speaking to Mm -hmm. groups. Sometimes that's been one-on-one, but I was like, I have to get this out because I feel like it's, it's part of a calling, a responsibility, Mm -hmm. a gift, if you will. And I just love doing it. And, And I, and I feel like a lot of those conversations when they end, a lot of times, you know, people are like, thank you for this. Thank you for that. So I'm like, I gotta do this. Yeah. And so it would be a lie. It would have been a lie keeping that covered up. Mm-hmm. And the that that's the first part of it is not exercising certain parts. And you have to be you have to be you still have to pay the bills. You still have you know yeah of course you know we have five kids. <laughs> so I couldn't be like hey I'm just gonna go out and <laughs> encourage people and you know somehow these bills your, your bills kids get paid. Had a great story. This is what dad does. Right. But I mean like, mom. That, Dad, we're starving, but (laughs) (laughs) encourage us that food will be here eventually, Dad. But uh, so that's one part of it. The Uh second part of the the lie that I'm finding too can be my this gift isn't that important. Mm -hmm. This skill isn't that strong. People don't want to hear this. That's uh, when when we believe those type of lies. Mm -hmm. It's it's just that, and so sometimes we accept those. That goes back to the confidence things too. Mm When we accept that, and it might not be for everybody, so you can't just let you know this person or that person who who doesn't align with it. You can't let those decisions impact you. So you you have to believe the the truth about it, and you do have something to give. So it, it's mm-hmm. it's twofold. It's it's believing that that is a gift there, yeah. and you have certain abilities, talents, whatever they are. And some people are more behind the scenes. They do not want to be on stage, yeah. and you know, and that's fine too, you know. Anyway, there, there. That was part of when when I saw that, like, mm-hmm. wow, it's 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 really. The more I don't do this, I feel like part of me is is kind of eroding, is kind of dying away. So that's that why I put sense. that in the quote. Oh, that's really in the nice. Book. I love that. And then I guess to just for everyone to summarize, kind of what gives you joy on an everyday basis. You know, what makes you happy? What mm. helps your mental wellness and health? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's definitely intentional. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't not really being exposed to a lot of it, and and quite frankly, in in, in the black and brown communities, you know, it's like when you talk about mental health, mm-hmm. it's like you're crazy. You get put in a crazy category, like you need to be in a room with padded walls if you, you know, well. it go, it's like to this extreme, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like why does it have to be that? Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm. I'm a better version of myself, <laughs> right? And I know 
I don't have, you know, some people's stories are, mm -hmm. some people have come from, from way worse and accomplished so much more, which mm -hmm. is why when my mentor gave me the, the idea of writing the book and getting my story out, I was like, you know, why? I didn't really, mm -hmm. I didn't really understand how much value that it could possibly add because I didn't have those horror stories, if you will. Yeah. And, but the more I start to, to think about like just because we didn't have exposure to really really negative situations they mm -hmm. were still when I stop and really look at them mm -hmm. <laughs> like these weren't great terms <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> but when it's all around you that's all you know yeah right mm -hmm. so I, I I really stop and you know I heard it I've heard it for years like gratitude stopping counting your blessings mm -hmm. and that is part of it, but taking it to a different level to where you really sit with those grateful thoughts to mm -hmm. where it moves you emotionally. Yeah. So part of my morning routine now is, is stopping to finding three to five different things that I can be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I, I have some of my go-tos, okay. right? Because, you know, sometimes <laughs> my mind's all over the place and I'm like, I want to think about something new that I'm grateful yeah. for. I thought about that <laughs> yesterday. And I'm like, uh, no. I need to go back to my, my go-tos. A lot of them have to do with my kids. Okay, and yeah. um, just, you know, I have three boys and two girls. Mm -hmm. um, the oldest one's 22 and 22-year-old boy, 19-year-old girl, 18-year-old boy, 14-year-old okay. girl, and 11-year-old boy. Wow. Uh, yeah. They're all J's. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they just, they're, they're, they're healthy. They're mm -hmm. doing their own thing. They're doing, you know, way better in school than I did. Yeah. I mean, your story probably, I'm sure they've heard your story, right? Yes. Okay. They've I was going to say that. forced to hear my story. <laughs> <laughs> but that also, uh, that goes back to, you know, everyone has a story that can connect with someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be your kids, but right. I feel like there's so many other people who can connect with their story as well. So I'm finding that out. I'm yeah. finding that out and mm -hmm. in different parts of it too. You yeah. never really know what part of the story is going to help and impact somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so just to just to slow down long enough to not just think about positive stuff. That's mm -hmm. the start of it. But also to to really move yourself or to move myself to the point of sometimes where I allow myself to get so grateful that I'm emotional about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really get moved in my body and, mm -hmm. you know, let it really that energy, it it's it's infectious, mm -hmm. you know, and so when somebody, when I get that first email of somebody complaining about something at work, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know what? Maybe they're upset and maybe yeah. their boss is trying to, you know, they got, everybody's got a job to do, mm -hmm. but that that's the first thing I do. I try to start out my day with gratitude mm -hmm. and um, really moving myself to the point of emotion. If, if I, if I do it right, I'm mm -hmm. not saying I'm, I'm bawling in traffic, but some, some, <laughs> some days I'm, I, I'm close. There's, there's a, a tear or two running and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's another thing in, in the, in the black community. We're like, you know, boy, boy what you crying for? You good? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's almost like you, it, those two can't exist. You can't be crying and be good. Like what in the world? But you're doing it. You're yes. living proof. <laughs> yes, we we we're starting to talk about it now, yes. which is great. Mm -hmm. To um, on different platforms, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's podcasts or on, you know, we're we're starting to talk about it now. And and I also have just last year, either last year or maybe a little over a year ago, I was like all this talk, talk, talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. 
becoming even more, especially when COVID hit and mm-hmm. it was like a lot of people were having a conversation, which was, which was good. At least we're, I hate that was the terms, but at least we're talking about yeah. it. And I was like, how well am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And assessment time. Assessment yeah. time. And and I need somebody else to help me assess. Yeah. I can't just go by my own assessment. So mm-hmm. anyway, getting a counselor, find mm-hmm. out what that looks like, and just just do it. You yeah, know, so just, hear, yeah. just do it. I know. I tell people all the time, it's it's scary making mm-hmm. that first step. But, you know, and you may have to go through, especially if you go through therapy, you may have to go through a different therapist mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. the right one. But and That's okay. You made it. The, the first step is always the hardest. So mm-hmm. just get past that and then find the right one. Right. <laughs> You'll <right>. be good. <laughs> everybody, yourself and everybody around you will be that much better because mm-hmm. you did for sure. Yes. Well, Harding Notes, is there anything you want to tell the listeners? Just kind of your last, you know, maybe, well, we're, we're going to tell them to get your book. So that's one thing, but okay. <laughs> Great. Gonna, we're going to encourage people to read your book, but, um, any just kind of like lasting notes that you want to tell people just every day? Yeah. One of the, one of the things going back to the one lesson that my mom taught me is, is to keep showing up mm-hmm. and that can mean so many different things. Sometimes that can mean physically. At first, it meant physically showing up to where I needed to. Yeah. It started out with school. Like, yes. I, I, did, I didn't make the A on a roll or the AB on a roll, but mm-hmm. I was one of those kids. Me and my brother, a lot of times, we would get perfect attendance. Like, yeah. that would be our, you know, badge of honor for the year. You could count on that one at least. But that was saying something. Yes, so it now was. Mm-hmm. it's it's very hard for me not to actually show up at places. You know what I mean? Like... It's hard for me, even if it's a legit reason, like yeah. something happened, like you need to not go. It's hard for me to, to do, <laughs> it's hard for me to do that. Yeah. But so, so showing up physically mm-hmm. and then showing up emotionally, mentally, like you, you, yeah. you don't want to, you know, just be a robot either. Yeah. You know, you want to show up for yourself, for your friends, for your family, for uh, your career. Like it's important. Like you mm-hmm. have to keep showing up and. And it's a decision. That's what I'm finding out. It, yeah. it is a decision. And don't let all these outside external factors try to deter you from that. So mm-hmm. keep showing up. Nice. That's a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jamil. I really appreciate you being on this podcast. Yes, I appreciate great. hearing your story. And I know the listeners have a lot of great things that they've heard today. So thank you thank again. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's going <laughs> yes. by fast, huh? Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining in. Remember to subscribe. Stay connected and follow me on Instagram at Mari Mari Burr and follow this podcast online at thethingsthatmatter.me. The Things That Matter podcast is produced in cooperation with Balto Creative Media and the Queen City Podcast Network. It is recorded at the Queen City Podcast Network studios in Uptown Charlotte. queencitypodcastnetwork.com.